To you, I say, along with Bugs Bunny, he don't know me very well, do he? Um, This will be a shorter sermon, which would naturally beg the question, what's my normal length? Which I would reply, let's not worry ourselves about such things. Particularly because we have such a rich, rich verse of Scripture in front of us. In fact, the Scripture is so rich that the pies in Fellowship Hall can just wait. I I hope I have my name on on a slice of French silk out there, like some of you probably do. But this passage is worth dwelling in for a moment or two, maybe longer. Let's linger here. Let's dwell here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. This is a scripture you need to taste. Whether you know Jesus or you don't, whether you've been walking with Jesus for five days or for 50 years, whether you know the Bible like the back of your hand or whether you don't read the Bible ever. This passage has something to say to you tonight. So here's, here's what I think I, it's calling us to. Here's the big idea tonight. This holiday season, may we recover and never forget the what, the when, the why of Christian gratitude. This holiday season, let's recover and then let's never forget the what, the when, and the why of Christian gratitude. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks... In all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, that's how the English Standard Version here in the seats translates it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I, when I wrote up the outline, I lapped into the NIV. That's just part and parcel of memorizing it in the NIV, I think. Happily for us, the difference in translation is not one of vocabulary. It's just word order. Uh, so we're going to go with what's on your outlines. First Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In this holiday season, let's recover. Let's never forget the what, the when, and the why of Christian gratitude. So first point this evening, give thanks. Give thanks. This is the what. And it's an important question to ask. What does it mean, actually, to give thanks? For hundreds of years now, our nation has been accustomed to, on the, what is it, the third Thursday of this month, to gather with family and friends and loved ones in order to celebrate a holiday, a holy day, that we call Thanksgiving. We are to give thanks at Thanksgiving, which is great. My question is, what's that? And I don't mean turkey or stuffing or green bean hot dish or cranberry sauce. We know what those are. I'm asking something far more basic, something that we all assume that we know when we gather on Thanksgiving. What does it mean to actually give thanks? Because whether or not you plan to get together with others this Thursday, we have a command from Almighty God, from the Apostle Paul, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, to give thanks. And I'm just asking, what's that? What does it mean to give thanks? Thanks. These two English words, give thanks, are interestingly actually just one word in Greek. I'll give it to you in Paul's language. You've heard it before. Uh, we've got our own English word here for this, and you tell me what the word sounds like. You ready? The Greek word is eucharistete. Eucharistete. Eucharist, exactly. In more liturgical traditions, it's referred to as the Eucharist. In less liturgical traditions, you might hear the term communion or the Lord's Supper is what we might call it here in this church. 
We call it Eucharist because in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, it says of Jesus that when he had given thanks, he broke it, he broke bread. When he had Eucharistita, he broke bread. So what, is, what does Eucharist mean? Well, it's interesting. It's a word that occurs about 37 times in the pages of the New Testament, fairly frequently. It's actually a, it's a compound word. That is, it's, it's one great big word with two smaller words inside of it. And the smaller words are good and grace. Good grace. The prefix you means good. That's the main part of the word. That's the first part of the word. And then the main part of the word charis means grace. Eucharist literally means good grace. Or even more properly, Eucharist acknowledges that God's grace works really well. Good grace. That's what we mean, or it's what we ought to mean when we speak of the giving of thanks at Thanksgiving. Eucharist is an explosion of praise that God's grace is good. Eucharistite, give thanks. Which now, of course, leads to the, the fascinating and undeniable conclusion that the giving of thanks, thanksgiving, is unavoidably Christian. In fact, we can go further. The giving of thanks is uniquely Christian. And yet we can go further. <laughs> One New Testament scholar observes this, this point. We can go so far as to say that ingratitude to God is characteristic of pagan depravity. Or as I read how one author put it, being unthankful is the very essence of an unregenerate heart. You say, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> Listen to Paul in Romans 1.21. Speaking of the unbelieving world apart from the grace of God, Paul writes in Romans 1.21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give what? Thanks. They didn't give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were, were darkened. So for Paul, as in the rest of the Bible, ingratitude is characteristic of pagan depravity. Being unthankful is the very essence of an unregenerate heart. And why? Because giving thanks means confessing to God and to all the world that His grace is good. That is what giving thanks is. Giving thanks is the happy admission that God's grace works well. It's a worshiping of the one true God for His good grace. That's what thanksgiving is. So we ought to be good at it, in theory. And that brings us to the next point, which is when should we give thanks? Paul says, in all circumstances. Back to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now the shrewd Bible student will look at this verse and notice that it says, give thanks in all circumstances. It does not say, give thanks for all circumstances. Some of you take great comfort that this verse reads that way, and we ought to. But it's just as crucial 
if not more so, that we recognize that the same man who wrote 1 Thessalonians 5.18 also wrote Ephesians 5.20. In Ephesians 5.20, we are summoned to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So which is it? Do we give thanks in all circumstances to God or do we give thanks for all circumstances to God? Answer, yep. Yes, we do. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 is the easier of the two texts. Giving thanks in all circumstances simply requires that we acknowledge that God is good despite suffering and despite adverse circumstances. God is good all the time, even though all the times may not be good. Fair enough. So, giving thanks in all circumstances. But the real test of our theology, and let's just say our practical theology, (laughs) the real test of our lives is Ephesians 5.20, which clearly calls us to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks always and for everything. And by everything, he means everything. Even adversity, even suffering, and I might add to this point, especially adversity. Especially suffering. And why would I say that? I say that because the Bible so often calls us to be thankful for it. Matthew 5, 11 and 12, Jesus says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, evidently, Jesus' disciples were listening awfully closely to him because by the time we get to Acts chapter 5, verses 40 and 41, we read of Peter and John before the Jewish council where it says they had called in the apostles and they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were considered worthy to suffer disgrace for the name. Hmm. The Apostle Paul, too, writes in Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, these have become increasingly precious verses to me over the last year of our family's life. I don't know about you. Romans 5, 3 to 5, we rejoice in our sufferings, for we know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope will not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And a very similar passage in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, the brother of, half-brother of our Lord writes, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. So should we give thanks in all circumstances or give thanks for all circumstances? Yes, you should. For both. It's both. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and Ephesians 5.20 give us permission. Even more, they give us warrant to give thanks to God in everything and to give thanks to God for everything. And if what I've said is not yet persuasive to you, allow me to offer four additional reasons that you can and ought to give thanks to God, not just in everything, 
but for everything. The first reason to give thanks to God for adversity is that in our adversity, God promises to comfort us so that we might comfort others. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3-4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all comfort, comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Second reason to give thanks for adversity is that there is no adversity that is able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 38 to 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Third reason to give thanks to God for adversity is that compared to what the Lord has in store for those who love him, There is simply nothing in this world that can befall us that will not be offset by the joy of heaven one day. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Translation, whatever you're going through, it could always be worse. And if you know Jesus, one day it's going to get a lot better it's going to get a whole lot better. Thank him for it. Fourth and final reason to give thanks to God for adversity in all circumstances is that when things don't go the way they should, God always makes them turn for good. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his his purpose. So yes, we can give thanks to God in all circumstances because God is good. And yes, we can give thanks to God for all circumstances, all circumstances, because God is sovereign and God is, is wise. One of the great fathers of the early church uh, was a preacher named John Chrysostom, and, and Chrysostom once said this. He said, let us give thanks then, not only that God has calmed the tempest, but that he permitted it to take place. Not only did he rescue us from the shipwreck, but he allowed us to fall into such distress and permitted such extreme peril to hang over us. When the apostle says, in everything give thanks, he means not only in our deliverance from evils, but also at the time when we suffer those evils. If anything is clear from our survey of Scripture here in point two, It's that we ought to give thanks to God in every circumstance and for every circumstance. Amen? Third point, final point, why give thanks? Why give thanks? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's interesting that we've already given you a a lot of reasons here in Scripture to, to give thanks to God in all circumstances, but what's fascinating is we haven't actually tackled the actual reason that Paul says to give thanks here in this verse. So let's look at it. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So thanksgiving, giving thanks, announcing to God and to all the world that his grace is good is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Let's handle both parts of that phrase, then we're we're done. 
First, giving thanks in all circumstances is God's will for you. You know what? So many people, so many Christians, spend their lives wondering what God's will for their lives is. And you want to know what? I know God's will for your life. Yes, I do. You do too. It's right there in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. To give thanks in all circumstances. That's His will for you. It's interesting, so far as I can tell, the phrase the will of God appears three different times in the New Testament. Only three. And each time it appears to tell us a specific facet of God's divine desires for us. So the phrase the will of God occurs here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Also occurs in 1 Thessalonians 4.3. And then finally in 1 Peter 3.17 and 1 Peter 4.19. Here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the phrase the will of God is actually connected to the two verses before it. We get three for the price of one here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Now, friends, we don't need a horoscope, we don't need a crystal ball, We don't even need a word of prophecy on this one. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. And if we would read that verse in context, what we would discover is that the verse is actually about sexual purity. Fascinating. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 reads, For this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality. So what's the will of God for your life? Well, it's rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance, and then grow in holiness, particularly in, in sexual purity. Finally, 1 Peter 3, 17, 1 Peter 4, 19, we see this phrase, the will of God, once more. It's fascinating. 1 Peter 3, 17 says, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So what appears to be suggested in 1 Peter 3, 17 is completely confirmed in 1 Peter 4.19 where Peter says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So what do we conclude? Well, we conclude that suffering is a part of God's good and wise designs for his people. What's God's will for your life? Well, on one level, I haven't the faintest clue, right? I don't have any idea. On the other hand, if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, I can tell you this. God's will for your life includes rejoicing, praying without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, pursuing holiness, particularly sexual purity, and suffering. Now you say that last one is strange. Only to our American ears is it strange. It ought not to be strange. 1 Peter 4, 12 to 13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice, give thanks, insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, that you may also be glad when his glory is revealed. Now finally and most importantly in this passage, giving thanks, as we said on the outside of this sermon, it's uniquely Christian. 
It's especially Christian. Don't miss those last three words on your sheet, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. They're not throwaway words. No words in the Bible are throwaway words. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, what? In Christ Jesus. Those last three words in verse 18 signal the doctrine that lies at the very heart of the Apostle Paul. It's the doctrine of union with Christ. What that means is this. Of all of the treasures that our Creator offers a human being, from offering new life to us in His delivery room, to offering membership in His family through His family room, to offering justification in His courtroom, to offering sanctification in His weight room, and to offering glorification in his ballroom all of it all of those treasures that God offers a human being like you and me are found in one person they're found in the God man the person Jesus in Christ Jesus so if you're listening this evening and you're thinking I'd really like to be able to thank God in every for every circumstance of my life because I know it's his will for me. You need to be connected to his son where all of those treasures can flow to you by grace, through faith. Jesus lived a perfect life. It's the life that you and I can't live. Jesus died a sacrificial, sin-bearing, wrath-bearing, guilty death under the wrath of God. I don't want to die, and you don't either. And when we turn from our sin and toward Christ as our Savior and our Lord and our treasure, all that Christ has accomplished for you, the Holy Spirit will apply to you as you turn from your sins and begin to follow Jesus. So if you're here tonight and if you'd like to begin to follow Jesus right now, what's stopping you? This is your local church? Come and talk to me. Calvary's your local church? Go talk to Pastor John. Main Street's your local church? Talk to Pastor Jeremy. And whoever you talk to, come to Jesus Christ tonight. Well, this holiday season, may we recover and never forget the what, the when, and the, and the why of Christian gratitude. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not just this Thursday, every day. Calvary Memorial Church, Main Street Covenant Church, Mount Evangelical Free Church, Gathered Church of Jesus Christ across the West Tonka area and the West Metro. A very happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you tonight. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. We're grateful for your word. Would you give this message an extra lifespan as the Holy Spirit would, might be pleased to use this in unique and surprising ways in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.